0: Well, hello there. Thank you for joining the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host Jill, and you are now entering a very spooky section of the deep end as we dive right in to Diving Board October. (laughs) you're probably like, Jill, stop trying to be spooky. It's not working. But hey, everyone, I hope you guys are doing amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. We are officially in Diving Board October. We've actually been in Diving Board October for a minute now, but I, as always, have been really busy with work and school. I was traveling for work for about a week, so I was away and finishing up my last class. So it's been kind of time consuming. So I am really excited to finally kick off Diving Board October even though we're about halfway through the month already. So I'm going to be spending this week kind of playing catch up, trying to get my Diving Board October content out because I have been so excited to get this content out. Like I said last episode, I have been thinking about Diving Board October since I launched Diving Board, and I launched Diving Board in February, so it's been a while that I've been thinking about these episodes and really excited to record them, so happy that we're finally here. I hope everyone is doing great. Um, speaking of the last episode, I just want to say a really big thank you to anyone who listened and anyone who sent me a message saying how much they enjoyed the episode. I really, really appreciate that. I know I disappeared for two months. Months and the fact that I disappeared and I can come back and you guys act like nothing ever happened I so appreciate that so much because I love doing diving board and when I hear that people enjoy the episodes and have fun with the episodes it really warms my heart and I appreciate it so much and it just motivates me to keep making more so thank you all so so much I I really appreciate it and I love all of my divers so much. Um, Anyway, like I said, I'm really excited to get into Diving Board October. This time of year is really one of my favorite times of year. I love spooky season. I love just, for lack of a better term, being scared. Um, (laughs) I'm a scaredy cat. I'm scared of pretty much everything, but I love just anything spooky in the realm of spooky season. It just, I don't know, it's exciting to me. And I was definitely a little bit of a goth kid in high school, especially my first two years of high school. Anyone who knows me from back then knows that I was very enamored with going to cemeteries. And I would go and spend my weekends venturing to cemeteries all over the Chicagoland area. This was definitely during my awkward phase where no one was really inviting me to parties. So once I left the awkward phase in junior year of high school and started getting invited out more, um, that definitely cut into my cemetery exploration time. But trust me, the interest is definitely still there. I love a good cemetery, which sounds very morbid and honestly psychotic to say out loud, but I just like history, guys. Cut me some slack. I mean, what's more historical than a great cemetery? They're just... I love them. Anyway, like I said, I'm really excited to dive into this. I have some really interesting content planned for Diving Board October. I have some paranormal events in Hollywood and pop culture, some unsolved mysteries, the unexplained. And I'm really looking forward to producing those. But I thought for the first episode, we should kind of kind of keep it casual. And I thought we could kind of just tell some really interesting ghost stories. I love a good ghost story. Um, It's one of my favorite things to read about or listen to people. I love listening to people's personal ghost stories. I have personally never been visited by a ghost, which if you're listening, I am totally okay with that. You You guys can't see it, but I have my sage candle burning and a sage bundle that I got from Joshua Tree in California burning. So we're pulling out all of the stops because we don't take chances here on the Diving Board Podcast, especially when it comes to spirits. So no spirits are allowed to state claim in this apartment, but if you do and you decide to live here, you better be helping out with that mortgage because no one gets a free ride here on the Diving Board Podcast. But anyway, um, I love listening to a ghost story. So I thought, what better thing to talk about on the Diving Board Podcast than creepy things that have happened on movie sets? Because... There are plenty of weird things that have happened, particularly on horror movie sets and some really creepy and interesting stories. Now, with these stories, you can believe them, believe what you want. That's the fun thing about Spooky Season. You know, who knows if it's real? It's the unexplained and that's what makes it interesting. And of course, there are some stories that might be just summed up by coincidence or the fact that... Maybe you're just extra scared because you're acting in a horror film. You know when you see a horror movie for the next day or so, or maybe it's just me, I'm my senses are a little heightened. You're a little more scared. You know, you're in the shower and you're kinda looking over your shoulder or you see something from the corner of your eye and you wonder what was that or you leave a coat hanging over the couch and you think it's a person just because you're extra scared. So maybe that can be explained with some of these stories but some of these stories also are just too coincidental to be ignored and I think really creepy so I'm very excited to get into it. I'm kind of envisioning this episode kind of us just sitting around a fire exchanging ghost stories kind of are you afraid of the dark style which I wasn't allowed to watch that show as a kid because my dad said that if we watched it we would be inviting evil spirits into the house, which, if you ever wondered where I get my superstition from, it's from my parents. So, <laughs> there is exhibit A. But of course, when your parents tell you not to watch a show, it's the only show you want to watch. So, my sister and I would always sneak watch it and we'd watch it in the basement. And it was, it scared the hell out of me. And I have to say, I rewatched it because it's on Paramount Plus, and I rewatched a couple of episodes, and it is still scary. I won't even lie. And I'm old enough now to have my own children, and honestly, that statement is probably the scariest thing you'll hear in this episode, but <laughs> but I'm grown, and I was still afraid of that show. It still holds up. I was watching an episode of these two boys. They were kind of like the bad boys. They were kind of punk, and they were going to this festival or state fair or something like that and one of them dared to the uh, the other to steal the nose off of this mechanical clown in a funhouse, and so he goes in and it's already scary because clowns are unsettling i'm not one of the those types of people who's like terrified of clowns but i don't enjoy them but they he goes and he steals the nose off of this clown and the mechanical clown is clearly possessed by Clearly an older gentleman because now the older gentleman's spirit is going after this kid because he wants his nose back. Like every time the kid is at home, he'll sell he'll smell cigar smoke from the, you know, spirit of this clown and he doesn't know where the source of it is and all this creepy stuff is happening to him and just pretty much that clown is saying you give me my nose back or it's the last thing you're ever going to do. So (laughs) it was scary though. I am not doing it very much justice, but um, I was frightened and I definitely suggest revisiting that show. I mean, hell. The theme song to that show is terrifying. So, um, anyway, uh, 90s kid moments, but I definitely picture this episode as such. So, this would be the moment where we are sitting around the fire and we're throwing sand on the fire, and it leads into the episode. So, on that note, wish. <laughs> Sorry. It is so hard to find royalty-free sound effects, but you guys get the picture. Now, I want to start off our ghost stories talking about the movie The Possession. And if you haven't seen the movie The Possession, it was filmed and released in 2012, so it's about 10 years old, and I actually watched it on a flight home from Vegas over the summer because my friend and I, Matt, we went to Vegas and we visited Zach Bagan's uh, Haunted Museum, which if you're into anything spooky or anything in that realm, definitely check that museum out if you're in Vegas because it is so well done. There's some disturbing stuff, some really scary stuff, but it is Very, very interesting. And they actually have an artifact in the museum that the movie The Possession is based on. So we're like, okay, we have to see what this movie is about because they talk about the movie in the museum. And the story of The Possession, it's about a little girl who goes to a garage sale. And this story is actually based on real events or, you know, real in quotes. Who knows what happened? Like I said, it's the unexplained but um she goes to a garage sale and she gets a dybbuk box and if you're not sure what a dybbuk box is or more broadly a dybbuk in jewish mythology they say that a dybbuk is a malicious spirit who essentially is roaming the earth and they are possessing humans and they're possessing these humans until essentially they get an exorcism and in Jewish mythology, they thought that they could take these malicious spirits and put them into a box so that it's trapped in this box and it can't possess other people. And this particular Dybbuk box was created years ago during the Holocaust in Poland because obviously there was a lot of malicious and evil energy going around in that uh, time and they thought, okay, we're going to put and trap all of this malicious energy in a Dybbuk box. No one is ever going to open it because we're going to keep it contained so that this can never happen again now for years it was contained and it was in the possession of this older woman and it was given in an estate sale where in real life this man bought it and he didn't know what it was and he opened it up and all of this horrible stuff started happening to him and that is what the movie is based on that this little girl gets the dybbuk box from a garage sale and she's just having fun with it. She doesn't know what this is and she's an innocent little girl playing in it and then all of a sudden horrible things start happening to her in the movie because they've released the evil spirit. Now, this movie, I have to say, it's not the best movie. There's a lot of loose ends, and I'm kind of somebody who likes all the loose ends tied up at the end of the movie, so that was my biggest complaint about it. But it is kind of scary. I mean, it's fun to watch. Modern-day horror films, none of them are great cinematic masterpieces. Like, that's not why we're watching them. But the film is, is interesting in the sense of... I've seen the Dybbuk box that it's based on in person, and it's frightening. And the concept of a Dybbuk box is very, very terrifying, because you have malicious energy contained in a box. And you know, that's When I saw that Dybbuk box, they said if you leave an offering by it, that there's a chance that it won't follow you or whatever. And you know I left a dollar and it probably is a scam, but that's okay. I'm not taking any chances. But anyway, so that's the premise of the film. And that's scary, but there were some really scary things that also happened on the set of it. For one, we had our usual kind of when we're filming, we feel the cold gust of air or a light bulb would explode or something unexplained would happen. And that's terrifying. And that would happen on set, especially when they were shooting their exceptionally scary scenes. Their, all of the lights would turn off or there would be times when a light bulb literally exploded or certain areas of the room were just ice cold. But the scariest thing regarding the possession was of course, they had a replica of a Dybbuk box and they stored all of their props in a storage unit. And one day the storage unit mysteriously just started on fire and the fire burned for so long that every prop in the storage unit was destroyed, including the replica of the Dybbuk box. And when firefighters and fire investigators went to go find the source of this fire, they had no explanation for why such a large fire had broke out. That is scary. I mean, this actually stalled production because they lost so much of their props, including the replica of the Dybbuk box. And I guess enough had been filmed that they really didn't need another replica. And the cast had actually told the director, you are not making another replica of the Dybbuk box because they said it has to be a curse, which is so scary. Like I said, if you want to watch that movie, it's... I mean, part of it is stupid, but it is scary. And if you want to know more about the Dybbuk box, there's interesting stories about it, including um, Post Malone, you know, uh, one of my celebrity crushes uh, here on the Diving Board podcast, but... Post Malone has an interesting interaction with that Dybbuk box because he's friends with Zach Bagan. So very, very scary. Now moving along to the other side of the country, because that was in Las Vegas, we're going to talk about the Amityville Horror, which is in New York. And if you know about the story of the Amityville Horror, it's In years ago, I think it was in the early 70s, the father of this family, one night he just went crazy. And this is a true story. And he just woke up in the middle of the night and proceeded to essentially murder his entire family. And it's an absolutely terrifying story. And they actually created the first Amityville horror in 1979. And they had their usual kind of scary things that happened on the set of this film. They had the cold sensations. They had the things falling where there was no explanation for it. But it was interesting because in 2005, they had actually remade the film. And Ryan Reynolds played the leading role in it. He played the father. And many actors, including Ryan Reynolds, said that while he was filming, he and other cast members would wake up at 3 15 on the dots and if you have seen amityville horror you know the significance of 315 because that was the exact time the father of the family woke up and killed everybody. And it also is significant in the film. So the fact that they continually woke up at that time is very scary and coincidental. Side note, have you guys, I mean, they always say three to four is the witching hour. Anytime I wake up in the middle of the night and I see it's between three to four, I'm like, God, no. (laughs) Like I turn on the TV immediately. I get so scared and just like myself to go to bed I will not even wake up to go to the bathroom if it's between the hours of three and four anyway um like I said this is who you're dealing with um but anyway that is very scary but the scariest thing that happened is when they were filming the house that they were filming in in upstate New York there's a boathouse and an actual dead body had washed up in the boathouse as they were filming That's terrifying. So very, very scary to have happened on a movie set. Also just another weird anecdote about the entire production of the 2005 remake is that the couple who the original film is based upon, so if it's kind of confusing, we had that horrific event happen in the house and then the film is based on the new couple who moves in and how that father is kind of possessed by the evil spirit of the original father who committed that major catastrophe. So it might be kind of confusing if you've never seen the film, but that couple who the original film is based upon was trying to sue to get the 2005 production shut down. And they both actually passed away while filming was happening. So that's just kind of another creepy anecdote that adds to the kind of cursed nature of this entire film, which I just thought was was very, very creepy. Speaking of extremely creepy, this is one of the scariest stories when we're talking about weird things that have happened on movie sets. And that is The Conjuring. And The Conjuring, if you haven't seen it, it's actually a really good movie. It's pretty scary. Um, There's some scenes that are definitely really frightening. And it's one of the modern day horror movies that actually does hold up. I think it's a good movie. And it's essentially about a family who moves into this farmhouse and they're just terrorized by these entities that occupy the house and this is based on a true story and when they started filming the family that had experienced this supposedly they wanted absolutely nothing to do with the filming there was actually an instance where the mom of the family had gone to set to kind of see the movie that was based on her life and when she stepped on set all of a sudden this huge gust of wind passed by and it was this ice cold wind that immediately passed by and it, it blew everybody over but even though everyone felt that huge gust of wind none of the trees moved and you would think a huge gust of wind that blew by would cause all of these trees to rattle but none of them moved pretty creepy and after that she didn't want anything to do with the filming she wouldn't go near that house but it just got creepier because one night after filming the entire cast went back to the hotel that they were staying at while they were shooting the movie and mysteriously an entire fire broke out that had impacted the hotel so bad that everyone had to evacuate they could no longer stay at the hotel and had to find somewhere else to stay but it just continued. The weird things just continued to happen. The director of the film, James Wan, recalls a time where he was working on the film and he went back to his office and he was working at his desk and his dog went absolutely insane. Started barking at a random wall, couldn't get his eyes off of it, and when James stood up to see what his dog was barking at, There was nothing there. He was barking just at some unknown entity that was in the corner, and the dog was absolutely transfixed on it. He couldn't get his eyes off of it, and you know, if you know anything about spirits, dogs. Dogs and animals can see them, and this dog was transfixed on something that nobody could see, but he was going absolutely crazy, and it was to the point that James had to stop working for the nights, and actually stopped working for a couple of days, because he was so shaken up by that entire incident. And if you know anything about James Wan, he's di- uh, directed Saw. He's directed Malignant. He's directed The Conjuring. So he's seen some things and this rattled him. But the scariest thing, in my opinion, f- that happened during The Conjuring happened to Vera Farmiga. Vera had a lot of weird things happen to her when she was filming the movie. For one, Vera refused to take the script home with her ever. She said that anytime she would read the script at night, she would become paralyzed with fear and couldn't keep reading it. She also said just having the script in her possession made her feel incredibly uneasy and she just felt a really, really bad vibe coming from the script. She also said that one time she had a phone conversation with James Wan, the director, like we said, and they were chit-chatting, talking. She hung up the phone and she opened up her laptop and she saw three digital claw marks across the screen. And when she finished filming The Conjuring, the day after they wrapped, she woke up and she saw three claw marks on her inner thigh. Like that is That's terrifying. And a lot of times you'll hear the stories of these bite marks, these claw marks, and that is really, really frightening. So I don't know, what do you guys think? Do you think it was the entities were upset that they were making the film about them or is it all coincidence? All I know is I'm scared and full transparency, I tried to film this last night and I had to stop until it was daylight because I was just too frightened. So um, that story, I don't know, that story got to me. And in the horror movie realm, there are some horror movies that are kind of intertwined, and the characters exist in the same universe. And one of the movies that exists in the Conjuring universe is. movie Annabelle you know the story of that creepy doll and one of the creepier stories that happened on set of Annabelle was that the director of the film said that throughout filming he would often see through dust just three fingers marked in the dust on set and if you know anything about Annabelle that's scary because Annabelle only has three fingers so he kept seeing that over over and there was no way to explain it. I think that might be be able to be uh, debunked, but it's a little bit creepy, but the creepiness kind of continued on that set as well. There was also an instance where the actor who was supposed to play the demon in Annabelle had gone up the elevator of the hotel that they were filming at to go meet the other actors and as he was in there in the hallway with the actor who plays the janitor, a light fixture in the hallway fell on the actor. And, you cut his head open and it obviously was a painful cut. But the crazy thing was that in the film, that is the exact same setting where that demon actor is supposed to kill the guy who's playing the janitor. And the the light fell on him in real life. So that's kind of creepy that... Obviously, it could be a huge coincidence, but still very scary. And another kind of creepy thing that happened in The Conjuring universe was the director who directed the movie The Nun was directing in a castle in Romania, which already sounds incredibly haunted. And he was directing a scene, and there were these two guys behind him. And he was like, oh, those are just members of the crew. So as he finished wrapping up that scene, he turned to those guys, and they were gone. There was no trace of those men. And to make matters creepier, this was a castle, so it's not like there was a bunch of different exits. So to have left that room that they were filming in, they would have had to pass him to go out the door, but he did not see them leave, and he did not see them for the rest of filming. So who were those two guys? Were they just fans watching the filming or how can we explain it? Kind of creepy, I have to say. I feel like that whole Conjuring universe is just exceptionally creepy, but those are pretty good movies. So they I think that kind of adds to the whole creepiness of that entire vibe. Now, of course, there are plenty of unexplained things that have happened in the paranormal realm on some of these horror movies, but there are also some sets that are just straight up cursed and one of them being The Omen. And if you're not familiar with the original Omen, it was made in 1976, and it's a scary movie. It's essentially about a little boy named Damien who is basically the Antichrist. He is the Antichrist, and he's doing horrible things around him and killing people, and it's just a really scary story. When I was growing up, my mom, there's a street here in Chicago called Damon Avenue, and I was always told not to drive down Damon Avenue because it sounded too much like Damien, and that's a big superstition. Uh, I come from a Polish family. That's a big superstition in Eastern European people who live in Chicago, because I've met so many people who are Ukrainian or Polish who also say that their parents told them never (laughs) drive down Damon Avenue. It's, again, these are the origins of my superstition. But there is some crazy stuff that happened on the set of The Omen, it's just, absolutely wild, all of the stuff that happened. When production started on The Omen, there were many situations that happened involving planes. Uh, Star Gregory Peck, uh, was actually flying in an airplane and his plane got struck by lightning. And it didn't crash, but that is incredibly scary. And that also happened when an executive producer was also flying, his plane got struck by lightning. And the actual producer of the film was in Rome on location and he narrowly avoided getting struck by lightning himself while he was walking down the street. So, very, very scary, especially when you know the. Um, the odds of getting struck by lightning are very, very low. The fact that all of these people were experiencing that, but that didn't stop there. Uh, director Richard Donner's hotel was bombed. He was hit by a car. There was an onset car accident that injured a number of crew members. Uh, some of the dog trainers on set were mauled by the dogs that they were training and an animal handler was actually eaten by a lion two weeks after the filming wrapped. So this was pretty cursed, just insane to think about. But the worst thing really that happened was a number of the crew got into a private plane as they were flying to a different location to film and that plane was involved in a plane crash. It hit a moving car, and that car wound up hitting another car, and all 11 people that were involved in that accident wound up passing away. I mean, that is an absolute freak accident. But speaking of freak accidents, a year later, the special effects person of the Omen was driving with his assistant, his girlfriend, her name was Liz Moore, and they got into a really bad car accident. And uh, the special effects guy, John Richardson, he wound up being okay, but his girlfriend was severely injured and wound up passing away. And the way she was injured in a car is very similar to a death that happened in the film. So extremely creepy. And according to John Richardson, which this kind of sounds like a tall tale, but who knows? He said that before that car accident, he had passed a sign that said, Omen, O-M-E-N-N, meaning a town, and that they would hit Omen in 66.6 kilometers. So Omen 666. He saw on the sign before the car accident, so that's terrifying. And I think it's safe to say that that is a very cursed movie set. And they tried to remake the film, and they did remake the film. I think about twenty years ago, and um, they said that not many, too many creepy things happened, but they actually did lose. Two days of filming because the cameras just totally went down. They kind of just broke themselves and they lost all of that footage. And they said when the cameraman looked, the error on the camera said 666. So who knows if that's real, but if it is, that is terrifying. Very, very scary. And there are several. Cursed movie sets, the poltergeist being one of them. Um, some very mysterious deaths happened after filming the poltergeist. An actress was killed, unfortunately, by her boyfriend about a month after the filming happened. Several other people on the crew passed away shortly after, and unfortunately, the girl who played Carol Ann, she also passed away when she was only like 13 years old from a bunch of misdiagnoses, and she died at a really really young age. And a lot of people say that the curse of the poltergeist was originated because there's a scene where they're in the pool and there's all those skeletons. Those were actual real human skeletons because production said that it was actually cheaper to buy human skeletons than to buy fake ones. So they were in there with actual skeletons and some people say that's where the curse kind of originated. Now, I don't know if that's true. All I know is I don't know if I would want my skeleton to be used as a movie prop, but but I certainly wouldn't react by cursing everyone. I don't know, very scary. Another big curse was on the set of The Exorcist. And every article I read, they're like, The Exorcist is one of the scariest movies ever made. And I've established that I am a very scared person. And I don't think that movie's scary. I actually think it's kind of funny and kind of campy. But I don't know, I, I was reading an article and they're like, I remember seeing it in theaters and people were running out of the theater, which I kind of wish I would have Saw because that would have definitely added to the experience, but I don't think it's that scary of a film. Uh, but anyway, that's the stuff that happened on that set is very unsettling. Now, of course, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, it's about a young girl named Reagan who becomes possessed by a demon, and the whole movie is about kind of her exorcising that demon, trying to, you know, perform an exorcism. And From the jump, production on this movie was delayed and there was some really creepy things that were happening. Probably the weirdest and creepiest thing that happened on the set is that the house that they had planned to use as Reagan's family home in the film, right when they started filming it lit on fire. There was a bad fire. It caught an ember from something else that was burning. The whole house was destroyed. But the only room in the house that was left totally untouched by the fire was the room that they were going to use as Reagan's room. And you know that that's the room where Reagan remains pretty much during the entire movie and where the exorcism takes place. That room was left totally untouched while the entire house was burned down after that production was stalled for many months to the point where they actually had to have an actual priest come on set to bless the set because they were so freaked out and just weird things kept continuing to happen. The woman who played the mother in the film The Exorcist, she suffered such a severe spinal cord injury, which I can't imagine how much that would hurt. She said that there was just some really, really irresponsible things that were happening on that set where she had a harness wrapped around her waist that was going to make it seem like that was the scene where it looks like Reagan uses her force to push her back and she gets yanked back to look like, oh, I went flying across the room. And she said to the director, this could really hurt me, so don't do it too hard. And he was like, oh, yeah, we, we won't do it that hard. But she said that she saw him in the special effects guy exchange a look, and suddenly she gets yanked. She gets yanked down to the floor. She fractures her spinal cord. And the scene that you see in the movie of her falling to the ground and screaming in pain, that is the original footage of her actually hurting herself. So very very scary, just a horrible situation. And things continue to happen during that when more mysterious deaths started happening on set. Before the film was released, the actor who played the movie director in the film, I think his character's name was Burke Dennings, he wound up passing away from the flu before the movie was even released. And so did the older lady who played the priest's mother in the movie, she also passed away. And ironically in the film, both of their characters die. So very, very kind of a weird irony. And a lot of people who acted in the film, including Linda Blair, who played Reagan, their family members had passed away, and there was just some really, really weird stuff that was happening. So, kind of creepy. Another, maybe, situation of a cursed set, um, but very creepy. I think what is exceptionally creepy about that movie set was the house burning down, and the only thing surviving was Reagan's room. I mean... How can you explain that? And that is a very big coincidence. So very, very creepy about The Exorcist. And on that note, that brings us to probably the most cursed movie set of them all. And that is the movie Rosemary's Baby. Now, even if you haven't seen the movie Rosemary's Baby, you've probably heard of it just because It's extremely iconic, and if you haven't seen it, it's essentially about a man who is an actor, and he's a failing actor, so he really wants to succeed in his field, and his wife is pregnant, so he essentially sells his wife's womb to the devil so that he can succeed. And she essentially gives birth to the devil. And it's a really, really beautiful movie. Um, It's terrifying, but it's an absolute masterpiece. It's made by Roman Polanski, which we are not a fan of Roman Polanski as a person here on the Diving Board Podcast. I just want to get that straight. But as an artist, I can respect that. This is a very beautiful film that he produced. Um, Anyway, this was filmed in 1968. And it's starring Mia Farrow. You might be familiar with Mia Farrow's haircuts in the film. I'm sure, I believe her name was Cassandra on Cycle 5 of America's Next Top Model. She is probably very, very familiar with Mia Farrow's haircut in Rosemary's Baby. And if you understand that reference, which I'm sure you do because my divers are just my people, so I love you. But anyway, she, she really knows that haircut. Anyway, uh, very, very iconic film and a lot of very creepy things have happened on the set. And it's just a curse story. And the satanic nature of the story is why people think all of these crazy things happened. And the book Rosemary's Baby, I mean the movie is based on a book and the original author Ira Levin actually didn't even want anything to do with Rosemary's Baby as his life wore on and he kind of hated that it was known as his masterpiece because it really was such an evil story horrible things started happening really immediately after filming had wrapped. The film's composer was in Europe, and he was leaning on kind of a railing, and he fell back, and he fell from the building and wound up dying. He was in a coma for a couple of months, but that fall ended up killing him. And that death is actually very similar to the character Hutch, who wound up falling to his death. So a very, very scary coincidence, but probably the scariest situation from that film was Roman Polanski's situation himself. Roman Polanski, of course, as we know, was married to Sharon Tate's at the time. And he really, really wanted Sharon to be cast as Rosemary. He wanted her cast as the lead. But the producer said, No, 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 we're not going to cast Sharon. We want to cast Mia Farrow as the lead. But Sharon wanted this role so, so badly. So she would still turn up on set while filming you can see her in the background of some party scenes she really really wanted this role so so she was always there when they were filming the movie and soon after filming wrapped Sharon actually wound up getting pregnant herself with Roman Polanski and We know what happened to Sharon Tate in the summer of 1969 when she was eight months pregnant, so I don't want to get into it because it's upsetting and makes me really, really sad, but the Manson family murders actually happened strangely when Rosemary's baby was still in theaters, so um, just horrifying and just a horrible situation, so kind of shows the cursed nature of that film, and that's definitely the worst thing that has ever happened in connection to a movie. So, sending love up to Sharon Tate, our goddess here on the Diving Board Podcast. So, sorry. Uh, Moving on, because I uh, hate that group, so I don't want to talk about them anymore. But even as years went on, strange things still happened to people associated with the film, And the locations where they filmed the movie. Uh, The Dakota in New York City is a very famous building and it's very gothic and facade and it really made the perfect backdrop for this scary film. And uh, they filmed a lot in the Dakota as well when they were filming Rosemary's Baby and If you're a Beatles fan, you know that the Dakota is the same building that John Lennon was shot and killed in front of. So another kind of cursed situation that is tied to Rosemary's Baby. And one of the producers of the film, he actually suffered from kidney stones and he had to go to get surgery to remove the kidney stones. And he said that when he was in the hospital, he had actually been hallucinating a lot. And a lot of his hallucinations revolved around the movie. And he was hallucinating scenes from Rosemary's baby. And at one point he actually screamed out loud, Rosemary, for God's sakes, drop that knife which (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing. (laughs) Could you imagine being the doctor? I would be shook. So (laughs) yeah, it was um, pretty crazy. So yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff that has happened and a lot of horrible stuff that has happened that is tied to the film, making it definitely the most cursed movie In all of Hollywood, which definitely adds to the scariness when you're watching the movie. I mean, the movie is scary in itself, but knowing that all of this happened in connection with it makes it even scarier, more unsettling and more ominous. So watch at your own risk. It is definitely a scary one. So on that note, that kind of wraps up our spooky tales of haunted and cursed movie sets. It got kind of intense there towards the end. So uh, definitely need something to lighten the mood after that. But um, yeah, totally scary. I hope you learned something or got a little bit of a spook because I certainly did. And I'm ready to kind of watch something a little bit light after this, maybe watch a couple episodes of The Girls Next Door or something. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. We are just kicking off Diving Board October. Definitely a little bit of a redirect from our usual content, but it's that time of year. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you rated me Five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to the podcast. And if you could please follow me on the podcast wherever you're listening, I would so appreciate it. And if you want to follow along with our family on Instagram, you can find us at Diving Board Pod. And of course, that is B O R E D. We would love to have you over there. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you have any other ideas for podcasts, please feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love when you all do that. So just want to say thank you so much again, and I will see you all very, very soon. Be careful of the witching hour. Take care, everyone.